So we're going to be, we're still in Ephesians, how to live an effective Christian life, because that's what we need. We need an effective Christian life. we got to be effective, amen? Title today is Spirit-Guided Relationships, Wives and Husbands. How many married people do we have in here today? Oh, look at that. So many married people. All right, some of you won't raise your hand no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're married. So we're going to read out of um, Ephesians 5, beginning at verse 21 today. So we're going to read all the way to 33, 21 to 33. If you'll stand with me, we'll read that. Ephesians 5, 21. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So, again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Dear Heavenly Father, as we go into your word and we explore this today, God, I pray, Father, that we can see clearly what you're telling us. Lord, your design, not only for marriage, but for the, the church, for the bride of Christ, to be ready to meet you one day when that trumpet sounds and we go to be with you. Father, that we would be ready and we be without spot or wrinkle, Father. Lord, I pray that you give us strength to walk these things out in our life today. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. So, Delonda and I got married at the ripe old age of 19 years old, right here in this church in 1981. There was, um, we had red carpet, I mean, really red carpet. Uh, walls were pure white and the pews were blue. It was built, this sanctuary was built in bicentennial year, uh, 1976. And so they did it in red, white, and blue. I got wedding pictures to prove it. So um, we had our first child at the age of 21 and then the next one at 23. And we were very challenged in all of this. I worked like crazy. She stayed home and uh, took care of the kids and managed the household. And we didn't do real good about being careful with our walk like I talked about last week. Um, we were very careless. But one day, God woke us up. 
woke our spirit man up. And we began to walk with the Lord and to line up with him and his word. And we strive to be careful with our lives and with our children's lives. We, we, went, we always had gone to church, even when we were careless. Um, but when, when you're not careful with everything, you can get out of alignment real easy. And when God woke us up, we began to work on our marriage to make it good. We were out of alignment for a long time, and so we needed a lot of help from the Holy Spirit and from each other. And Delanda was really good about coming into alignment with the Word of God to submit to her husband. You know, I, I would correct my kids, and I'd tell them to do something, and they'd look at mom. Like, do we have to listen to this guy? And she would say, you better do what he says. And she was really good about giving me that authority that I hadn't taken the first few years of, our, of having children over our kids. And she wanted me to be the head of the household. She wanted me to stand up and step up to lead our home. And she was really good at coming under as I turned into a man of God. Well, let's look at what submit means, because that's a big word. I remember I, I, I was doing a, a wedding for a couple, and, and the lady was... I think 56 and she had never been married and she had a really hard time with this word submit I said I'm gonna put it in the vows that you'll submit to your husband she's like you better not because <laughs> it's really you know when you've been single for a long time and then you go and get married to think that somebody is gonna be over you it's a it's a battle and and I've talked with couples that got married in their 30s for the first time and it's a challenge let's look at the definition of submission submit it means to reflexively to obey be under obedience to put under subdue uh, to be subject to to be put in subjection to be under to submit self unto so out of the new king james bible that i have the spirit-filled life bible it said this Submitting is taking the divine, divinely ordered place in a relationship. Submission can need, never be required by one human being of another. It can only be given on the basis of trust. That is to believe God's word and to be willing to learn to grow in relationships. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hear some amen back there somewhere. All right. <laughs> some, you know, but ladies, just know this, that we're, submit, we're to submit one to another, the word asks us. It all begins with submitting one to another. But in submission is not a dirty word. Thank you. You got enough guts, Mark. All right. <laughs> but it, the submission is meant to be freeing for a wife, to be very freeing. Let me tell you why. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, my phone's going off here. Let's turn that off. 
Genesis 3.16, this is after the fall of man, after Adam and Eve had eaten of the fruit that they were told not to eat, and God comes and sees them. And verse 16, he's pronouncing curses in, in what they've done. And he says, now you can thank Eve for this, ladies. I know we've had some ladies that have babies uh, recently on Friday, was it Thursday? Um, Yana had a baby boy. Yeah, so beautiful little baby boy on Thursday. And uh, I'm sure she'll be here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, we can thank Eve, you can thank Eve for this. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in pain you will give birth. Now remember, that's a curse. So we're not bound by curses, are we? So you can pray and ask God to take that off of you. For those of you that are going to have a baby. He says, and then here it is. You will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. So th this is the curse from the fall, that, that the woman would desire to control her husband. So, so Paul's working, he's at work to bring freedom to a wife out from under the curse. When he says, submit to your husband, what he's doing is saying, hey, let's break this curse today. Because Jesus became a curse for us so that we don't have to be cursed. Amen? So that submission part to your husband is breaking that curse that you won't desire to rule over your husband. It's breaking the curse. And we do this, you do this as unto the Lord. Amen. You, and as you do that, God will cover you. He will cover you. He will protect you. He will smack your husband when he needs it. <laughs> there, finally. <laughs> Now, <laughs> before we get into the man's role, let's talk for a minute at who he's directing all this at. This letter is written to the church. It, it, it's an encyclical letter in the sense that we just happened to get the copy that the Ephesians had. But the, the letter was for all the churches. It's for all people that believe in Jesus Christ. So that's, he's talking to the church, amen? He's talking to wives, he's talking to husbands, amen? That's, what he's, that's who it's directed at. He's, so in his talking to the church, he's using marriage as a symbol of a relationship to him. See, if we would stay submitted to him, we wouldn't fall into the junk of this world. See, if Eve would have stayed submitted to him and not listened to outside forces, you know, when we do a wedding, we do, we do the ring. And when we talk about the ring, you know, it's an endless circle, unbroken. And we talk about don't let any outside forces break that endless circle, to break that vow, to break that commitment that that ring symbolizes in a marriage. And so it's the same way with our relationship with God. We don't want to let anything, any outside forces break what God is doing. Amen. We don't want anything to break our submission to God. We want to stay submitted to God. Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> so, and we're each 
responsible for our role. See, it talks about when a man leaves his father and his mother. See, when you're, when you're living at home, you're under that covering of your parents. But when a man leaves and he takes a wife, now he becomes that covering for his home. And the two are one. See, you've come out from under that covering of your mother and father, and you're, you're, now you're establishing a new covering. But in all of it, we stay under the covering of Jesus. Amen? He is at the center of it all. He is our covering, and we stay under that covering. Amen? So we, we submit to God in the same way that he's asking wives to submit to her husband. And, and Paul is charging each one of us with a responsibility to our role. When I stand before God and he says, hey, Ron, you didn't love your wife the way that I love the church. I can't say, but God, she didn't submit to me the way you told her to. She made it really hard for me, God. You, that's not going to fly. Because we each have our role. I can't say, well, I serve God until my wife stops serving you. Then I just kind of fell away. That's not going to work with God. I can't say, you should let me in because it was my wife's fault. She's not here today, so I can talk about her. <laughs> I'll put all the blame on her today. She's actually with our, uh, our grandsons in Kentucky. She got to go to a football game Friday night, which they won 43 to nothing. Hallelujah, they're back on track. <clears throat> but I can't blame my, my lack of submission to the Lord on my wife. And just like she can't blame it on me because we each have a role and she can't say to God, God, he was so hard to submit to. God, sometimes he was crazy. Sometimes he, he wasn't loving. God, if you had to submit to that guy, would you submit to him? Really? Come on, God, look, you got to let me in. We can't do that. We can't blame the other person. So I have to love my wife. See, because that's the next part. I don't want to get into that part. I'll talk about her for a minute. She has to submit to me as unto the Lord, no matter how I am. You didn't like that one, did you? Because one's not based on the other. And in the same way, I have to love her no matter what. As unto the Lord. That's my job. I have to love her. I have to lay down my life for her. If she's not submitting to me, I need to figure out why. And I need to fix it. Guys, that would have been a good chance, man. <laughs> yeah, you're getting real quiet. Maybe you don't like what I'm saying. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just reading you the Bible. But our role is not based on the other person. You have to understand that. It's a divine directive for husbands and wives. It's not based on how the other person acts. So in submission to your husbands, it's not based on how much he shows you love. And husbands, you men, should show your wife so much love overflowing that she can't help but submit to you. 
But you know what the problem is for men? We don't know how. Ladies, I'm telling you, we don't know how to love that way. It's just, it's not in our nature. Let me tell you why. The enemy, the serpent, went to Eve and said, you should eat that. It'll be good. Yeah, but we're not supposed to eat it. We're not even supposed to touch it. You know, God never said don't touch it, but Adam probably said, you know, don't even look at it. Don't touch it. Don't, you know, don't get near it, you know? That's what we do to our kids when we don't want them to do something. Stop looking at it. But when Eve decided, I'm going to eat this thing, she didn't go alone. Adam went with her. Because God said, you will surely die. And so Adam goes with her. She, she takes the fruit and she takes a bite. And I kind of imagine it as Adam standing back going, let's see what happens now. Huh. She didn't die. She's still here. He's probably thinking, oh, God will just create me another one. That's the mentality of a lot of people today. I'll just get another one. Pastor told my friend, just divorce her. God's got another one for you. I'm like, what? So get away from him. So she eats. She gives it to her husband. He eats. And when he eats, then their eyes are opened. He didn't have enough love to, to stop her. He didn't have enough compassion to stop her from doing that. He was not submitted enough to God to say, hey, we can't do this. He just went, hmm, let's see what happens. I know I'm paraphrasing in that part, but I can just imagine. That's why Paul stresses to the men, you have to love your wife the way that I love the church, the way that I laid down my life for the church, the way that I, I communicated love, the way that I showed love, the way that everything I did had to do with love because I loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You've got to love your wife that way. Yeah. And, and if you don't know how, you've got to figure it out. If you're doing things that offend your wife, you know what you should do? Stop doing them. I know that sounds too easy, but... You know, when, when Delon and I committed to the Lord and we come back to Jesus and we're going along with the Lord and we're growing in God and everything, and the pastor come to me and... the. Um, I forget what the other guy was, but he was uh, one of the two pastors came to me and they said, we want you to teach a marriage class. And I laughed. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> I, I don't have this figured out yet. You know, they said, we believe you will, though. And we believe God is saying that you're to teach a class on marriage. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. 
they're like, why? I go, come on, I, I, don't, I didn't go to college. I, I got a high school education. I don't know this teaching stuff, you know. And they said, we'll give you any book that you want. But you, we believe that God is saying, you're to teach this class. Well, as I got into it and started studying to teach, I realized I was a pig. I was a pig. I was like, oh my gosh. And she stayed married to me. Oh my goodness. But it's funny because Delana used to tell me all this stuff while we were, we were growing up. I mean, we were only 19 and she would tell me this stuff. And, I, and I, I'd look at her and i go, don't use that psychoanalytical babble stuff on me, man. It's not going to work. But when I started studying it out and I began to read of the psychoanalytical babble, I realized, oh my gosh, I really need to change. So I stopped pointing the finger at her and I began to work on me. And as I began to work on me, our whole marriage began to change. Because she's looking at me going, oh my gosh, that unchangeable thing is changing. Because I know how many of you wives thought, well, I'll change it when I get married. And that didn't happen. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. But we need to really, as men, look at how to really love. I don't want to offend. I told Delonda, I said, I never want, rule number one, it's never in my heart to offend you. Rule number two, when I do offend you, remember rule number one. It's never in my heart to offend you. <laughs> because no matter how hard you try, sometimes you still make a mistake. And one thing about Delonda, she's gracious enough to forgive me so that we can keep going. You have to remember, Jesus laid down his life for us, guys. And he taught us to prefer others above ourselves. And that's how he wants us to love our wives. He taught us to love unconditionally. That's how we're to love our wives. He taught us how to be the light. We need to be the light in our homes to lead our families. He taught us how to pray. We need to be the prayer warriors. When, when Wednesday night comes around for prayer, it shouldn't be women. It should be just a, a bunch of men coming saying, I need to pray. I need to pray for my family. I need to pray for my wife. I need to pray. I used to tell Delana, I said, honey, I, I'm praying that God would show me how to love you more. And she looks at me and she goes, am I that unlovable? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you're taking it wrong. Let me, let me, let me just rephrase that. Because sometimes I say stupid things. Uh, I think they're good things, you know. And, and she's like, I remember one time I told her something and, and she got up crying and ran out of the room into another room. And I went into that room and I said, hey. Maybe you didn't understand me. And I told her again, and she got up and ran to another room. I'm like, <laughs> I went in her, I said, hey, tell me what you heard. Because you shouldn't be crying over what I'm trying to tell you. So she told me what she heard, and I went, oh. Oh, I remember what I told her. I told her, I said, why don't we hire a maid and you can come be with me all day and we can work together at my shop, do our church ministry stuff, and we'll just hire a maid to take care of the house. 
So when I asked her, I said, what did you hear? She said, you don't value what I do. You could pay somebody to do what I do to come do what you do. I went, oh. Now that is way far away from what I meant. <laughs> but it's what she heard. And so out of love, guys, we need to learn how to communicate with our wives so that they can receive it, amen? We need to learn to talk that way. And we need to learn. But wives, you need to be gracious enough to us guys that realize that sometimes we're, we're not all there. <laughs> I need a little help here, guys. Come on now. Maybe I'm just the only one. But we need that help that says, you know what? What do you, what do you mean by that? Instead of, you know, because it says be slow to anger in the Bible. And, and as wives, you got to be that slow to anger. And you need to be patient with, with men so that we can work it out and get it right. Because the way that we express ourselves is not always right. What we say is not always right because we don't always say it the way we mean it because we, you know, we're trying. I remember I taught this marriage class five and a half years. And we, we got into how to have an intimate conversation. And so I couldn't only teach it. I had to have it, Greg. I had to have the intimate conversations with my wife. So I started talking to her, intimate stuff. And, and she's looking at me like, you're crazy. She's like, shut up. I'm like, what do you mean? I go, this is, what, this is what you want. She goes, no, it isn't. I said, what do you mean it isn't? She goes, you're not who I thought you were. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, all these years you've been quiet. You haven't said anything. And now you're talking. You're not the man I thought you were in my head. I'm like, oh. She's like, you're different. I said, I'm sorry, get to know the new me. <laughs> and she did. I mean, we're coming up on 43 years. I think she's doing a great job, you know. I'm glad she's not here today. <laughs> I won't be here next Sunday because I'm leaving for China tonight, so... But Adam didn't do a good enough job protecting and loving his wife. And remember, we're created in God's image. They were created in God's image. They were created to love that way. And they failed. He failed. But today, the Lord has sent the Holy Spirit to help us, to give us wisdom to give us understanding so that we can love one another effectively so that as wives you can come under your husband now I, I might be the CEO of this church but I have a board of deacons around me that I listen to and sometimes I listen to them and they give me stuff and I think I'm so glad they're telling me what to do because I don't want to make this decision on my own you know, and that's how a marriage should be. You shouldn't just be making the decisions on your own, but you need to come under, come together, submit one to another, that you actually talk about things. And so you get a perspective from somebody else that you know you're making the right decision or not. 
all the women were saying yes, you guys were like, hmm. But we need God in our marriages. Amen. We need him in our lives. In all, husbands, love your wife as you love yourself. Now, if you're not loving yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to effectively love your wife. Amen. You got to really take care of yourself in the sense that you're able to, to be the spiritual leader of your home, that you're reading your word and you're praying for your family, that you're being the, um, the light for your family. Don't let your wife be the intercessor for your home. Let me say it again. Don't let your wife be the intercessor for your home. And ladies, respect your husband. Don't demean him. Don't break him down. Respect him. Honor him. Amen? Let the love of God move in your hearts to each other, towards each other. Amen? Put that next slide up, Ella. Respect each other. Ladies, your husband needs your respect and your honor. He does. He needs it. Respect each other. Build each other up. Amen. Build each other up. Encourage one another. Build each other up in faith, in love. Encourage one another. Let there be love in your homes. Amen. Let you, men of God, be the example of love in your home. And I'm not saying bring flowers to your wife every day, but I am saying be loving. Be kind. Let your words be gentle. Amen, men? And when necessary, bring the flowers. And don't, don't get lazy or tired of each other. It's real easy to get lazy and tired. You know, who's been married the longest here today? Who's been married longer than 50 years? How long, Jim? How long? 60. Anybody else been married longer than 60 years? I can't hear you, Miss Betty. Yes, you get to take Jim home with you. <laughs> Jim, you got the prize. Amen. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Jim. What's been the key to 60 years? He can't hear me. What's been the key to 60 years of marriage? She's a good wife. Betty? Prayer. Prayer. Amen. You submit to your husband? You did? I did. <laughs> you do? <laughs> 60 years. Praise God. I hope I get there. I'm going to get there if the Lord don't come. I hope he comes. But listen, you do this as you would to the Lord. That's how you do it, as unto the Lord. 
You love as you would love the Lord. You submit as you submit to the Lord. It, it's a God thing. And it was, see, when, when he created us in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26, we were created in his image to be able to do this. So now, because of the fall of man, and he's, he's broken the curse by what Jesus did on the tree, so then he sent the Holy Spirit to enable us to get back to the garden way. That we can love effectively, amen? That we can be kind and gentle and peaceable, amen? That's where he wants us to be. We need the Holy Spirit to be filling us every day to be able to do this. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us, direct us, fill us, to, to show us the way. I remember one day I was, uh, I, when I first started my business, I had an injection mold making company. When I first started it, I worked 24 hours a day. And... Delanda would come into the shop and and uh, she'd sit with me in the evenings. We'd order out back. We'd have dinner together, bring the kids in. We'd have dinner at the shop. Sometimes I'd just fall asleep there on an ottoman. I, I just, we were there 24 hours. I had a project that was unreal deadline. And the deadline was this. So I had, I had like 35 days to do this four molds, injection molds for BMW. And anything three days early, I got $1,000 of bonus every day. Anything more than three days late, I got a $1,000 penalty every day. So I needed to be done on time. So Delonda was always there with me and everything. And she's talking, and one day the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. He said, you, you, need, to, you need to push your keyboard in and listen. I'm like, oh, okay. So I pushed the keyboard in, and I turned, I, and I just began listening. I just shut everything off, and I just started listening. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I, I want to hear what you have to say. And she's like, really? Now, you could ask her about it because she remembers that day. Because it was a day that God, the Holy Spirit was speaking in me. And I listened. I didn't just say, ah, I'm too busy. I got to keep going. You know, because that's how we do it a lot in life. I'm too busy or I'm too tired. We get lazy and we forget God's design. And we don't do it when God wants us to. And it can be very trying. but we gotta try harder. The enemy is attacking family right now. Doesn't matter how long people been married. They're waiting for kids to get out of the house, to get divorced and stuff. I mean, it's crazy right now. We need to do our best at submitting to God. I know I'm talking a lot about marriage today, but it, it's all, it, it all is, is based on a relationship this way. He designed marriage here in the way that we could, we could look at marriage and know how he wants us to be committed to him. He doesn't want us committing adultery, amen? He doesn't want us committing. What do you have Hosea marry that hooker because he wanted to show how um, Israel was prostituting itself. And when the hooker went back, when she went back, the prostitute went back, the Lord said, go get her. 
Bring her back. See, God wants us to be married. He wants us to stay married. And he wants us to go to heaven married. Amen? And he wants each one of us to be married to him. That we're submitted to him. That we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. That we don't restrict how we serve God. That we don't restrict our marriages. But we love one another. Amen? We're submitting to another. And we're totally committed. That's what God's looking for. And he wants us to honor him. He wants us to respect his way, amen. He wants us to be built up in our faith every day. He wants us to let the love of God be in our homes, be in our hearts, be in our minds for each other. Don't get lazy. Don't get tired. Amen. Don't quit. Don't quit. Amen. And as you do it, do it unto the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that your revelation of breaking the curses was so strong on Paul's heart to us, God. We know the curse of lording, the woman would want to lord over the man. But Lord, you've charged the ladies to be submissive to their husbands. You've charged us men who are unlovingly, unloving God to be loving. And you've showed us how in the life of Christ, how to love. Father, I pray that we would take it to heart today and we would be loving like never before. But maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I just need to commit my life to Jesus. I need to line up with the Lord today. I need to get in line with that. So I, I, whether I'm married or not, I'm submitted to my Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't been submitted to Jesus and you're saying, I need to, to get in line today, just raise your hand and wave at me because I'm going to pray for you today. Anybody here? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise God. Why don't you stand with me? Those that raise your hand, I'd like you to join me down here. Come on, if you raise your hand, come on. I want to get some, some men down here. Greg and Mark, why don't you come down here, these guys. Everybody just say this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you today and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come on. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. To be my Lord and Savior. Give me the strength to submit to you. Help me to walk with you. To talk with you. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys pray with these guys right here. Well, out here. Maybe you've been being married and, and it's been a challenge. You've had some 
hiccups along the way and you just you, you need the encouragement of the Lord today just wave at me I'm just going to pray for you from here today amen 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 Father you see all these hands going up right now and I pray today God that in our marriages Lord that you can make those crooked places straight God that Lord that your, your women Lord and I call them yours because they're yours they're women of God Lord, that you would put such trust in them, in you, that they could submit to their husbands. And I pray that, Lord, that husbands would trust you so much, God, that they love their wives unconditionally, Father. That, Lord, there be such love and trust in our marriages, God, like never before. That, Lord, that you take out the crinks, that take out the, where we've gotten lazy, God. Take it out, God. That, Lord, that we can be more effective as married couples in the body of Christ. Father God, that you would bless our marriages, Father. That we can have the intimate conversations, Lord. That we can learn to communicate, Lord, in love and kindness and gentleness, peaceably. Would you give us strength for the journey we're all on, God? I thank you, Father, that for your design, husband and wife. And I pray today, Father, for those that want to get married. I pray, Father God, that they'd begin to position themselves in what we've talked about today. If it's a woman, that Lord, that she'd be ready to come under the covering of her husband. Father, if it's a man, that he'd be ready to love like never before. That Lord, that you prep them now for what's ahead. Get them ready for the journey, Father. Lord, we thank you that you first loved us so we can learn from above how to go about this. I pray, Lord, that you cover and protect every person here today, that you give them strength for their journey, Lord, that the Holy Spirit, that you just fill each one of us, and we can walk this out. We thank you. We love you. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap today, huh? Robert, you want to come up? Jeanette. Greg. 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 Sorry. So pastors. <laughs> See? <laughs> so pastors um, leaving today or tomorrow morning? Tonight. Tonight. We don't need him to go. We need to send him. There's lives. There's a nation of hurting and lost people. And he's going to go, and he's going to impact a nation. So I want to pray over him, and I want to send him. And as a church, I want to send him, okay? So Heavenly Father, just come before you right now. Lord, we thank you for our pastor. We thank you that you've blessed us with him and his wisdom. 
Lord, we send him to other nations, Lord. And we pray a hedge of protection, Lord. We pray your blood over him, that no harm come to him. And Lord, just as he walks through the streets, people will be drawn to him. God, you are so good. Your word goes forth. And people will hear, lives will be changed. Cities will be won. And we thank you for that. We thank you for our pastors. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, have a great week, and you'll get to hear from Mark next Sunday. He'll be filling in for me, and you're going to be blessed. And uh, so God bless you. you